0: 9 o'clock, it's time for Mav Day. and We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes. Coming up this hour, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women. Colorado Mesa, Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks. As the Maverick baseball team gets their season started Thursday, they take on Azusa Pacific at the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex right here on the Team sports network. But uh, we start at the 9 o'clock hour with the head coach of the Colorado Mesa men's basketball team, Maverick men coming off a weekend sweep of Regis and UCCS. Time to talk Mavs hoops with Mike DeGeorge.
1: Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. Notorious.
0: Mavericks enter the weekend right now 13-3, and 18-4 overall, and uh, currently sitting in fourth in the RMAC behind Black Hill State, Fort Lewis, and Cuddlewood School of Mines. Mike DeGeorge joins us. Good morning, Mike. How are you?
2: Uh, doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Congratulations on a successful weekend, first off. Congratulations on win number three hundred. I know that uh, it started a long time ago, and well, there was more more hair on top of your head, Mike, back in back in the day. But uh, the I, I tell you what, I, outside of the hair, you look exactly the same as you did back then. So. <laughs> uh so well, I,
2: I appreciate that i'm not sure that's true but i appreciate the sentiment
0: <laughs> but but 300 wins of course earlier this season you picked up uh win number 100 as a mavericks basketball coach but going back to your your time and your in your previous stops i mean this is a, a, a remarkable moment a milestone moment i know you're a humble guy but getting 300 wins that's that's a that's a big deal mike
2: well, you yeah, know, it's just really kind of a time for reflection for me. It was an interesting process. I took over two programs at my first two head coaching jobs were not were not good situations, and it took a while for for me to win at the first place. And we really just had one winning season. And then I moved on to the second one and inherited an equally difficult situation. And it took five years before we really got that one turned around. And so after eight years, I mean, my record was maybe won 30 percent of my games and at that point i was just like okay who cares about records let's just try to make it about the players and try to you know help them get better and i and i really hadn't thought about it until after last season i was like i wonder where my record is now and um you know until then it does give you a chance to kind of reflect and just really be grateful for the opportunity to be in this profession and kind of survive some of those tough early years it just makes you appreciate being in a place like mason having teams like we have this year, you don't take it for granted. You really appreciate uh, just being able to be in a place that can have a successful program and that having a group as committed as this group and as fun to coach as this group.
0: Well, you've done a sensational job here. And uh, certainly it was, it was great to see you get win number 300 on Saturday night against UCCS and to be able to share that with Blaze three becoming the, the 19th Maverick to reach 1,000 points in his career. And he's got a lot of chapters to still write in that career moving forward. That had to be make it even even better for you, even more special to be able to share what you were able to do with what Blaze was able to do.
2: Yeah, it was a fun night, it's great to see uh, you know the players have success, and he's been such an integral part of our team the last three years. Anytime you get a chance to celebrate uh, guys and their accomplishments and uh, what they've been able to, how they've been able to help the program, we always want to emphasize that as much as we can.
0: You know, let's go back to Friday night when you're able to beat Regis uh, by the score of 88 to 64. Yeah, I think one of the keys was slowing down David Simital. He did hit three threes in that game, but you held him to 11 points. And defensively, I think overall you have to feel pretty good. You had uh, Aaron Bacool that had 11 points as well, but nobody else got into double figures for the Rangers on Friday night.
2: Yeah, honestly, they're a very offensive team now. They're still struggling a little bit at the defensive end. They just don't quite have the personnel they normally do. So. But on offense, they've really got it going, and they've been great uh, the last month of the season. And so we really were able to do a great job on them. They they shot a high percentage against us, but I thought overall you know, it was a a very good defensive effort. We were very tough-minded all weekend at that that end of the floor.
0: And then as we reference Blaze 3 on Saturday, gets to 1,000 points in his career, and he almost did it on Friday night. He came so close. Uh, Career best, 30 points. He had five threes. Against Regis, it was a pretty special night for blaze three,
2: yeah, he's you know he just has given us whatever we need, and he's playing at another level um than anyone else right now and so you know it's been these periods where if if you know early in the year we hadn't really he hadn't really emerged as the as the guy, and we were struggling at times defensively, and so when we run into trouble, we didn't really know where no nowhere to go and then we weren't able to just rely on our defense and now we can rely on our defense and we always know we got blaze if we're having a stretch where things aren't uh clicking offensively he can just go get us a bucket or two when we need it and and uh he's done that consistently this whole second half of the year
0: maverick men's basketball coach mike DeGeorge with us on the team sports network isaac jessup uh, 11 points he hit three threes in that game and then owen kuntz uh, coming off the bench Fourteen points for Owen. Had uh, that one big dunk. I think when you look at uh, what what Isaac and Owen are doing right now, they've really after last year the injuries and those things, Mike. They've really found their place in this roster here in twenty twenty
2: three. No question about it. Uh, Just starting with Isaac. You know, last year I think he was feeling a little anxious about how to figure out how to score in our offense and defensively, kind of playing within our system. And he was always just sort of thinking rather than just playing and. He's got to a place now where not only is he uh, playing incredibly hard, he's been incredibly efficient. I mean, he's getting like six or seven shots a night, and he's shooting, I think, 60% from three in the league, and he's he's just been uh, you know, everything you need out of that role. And his defense is not only effort, but execution has just been off the charts this year. He really has totally embraced our defensive concepts, and, and it's just found this way to play within it that, but it's really a lead, and, and so he's just been awesome. And then it was great to see Owen. He's had a couple of tough outings offensively. It's, it's amazing what it does for guys when they see the the ball go through the basket. And so he had a big weekend, and then, you know, Mick McCurry also came off the bench on Saturday and found a little bit of rhythm, hit a couple of a threes, which is really important for those guys heading into this key stretch here where everybody's gaining confidence at the offensive end.
0: And you mentioned Mick McCurry. He also had a couple of threes, had six points. In the win against UCCS the following night, uh, but Blaze three gets to a thousand points in his career. Scores eighteen, uh, had the five rebounds, five assists in the game. Isaac Jessup with another really good game. He had fourteen points uh, for the Mavericks as well. Trevor Baskin just had the three points. But uh, I know that uh, that was a scary moment against Regis when he took that shot to the face, Mike, and uh, had to end up going to the locker room. You guys were up big, and so he didn't need to come back in and play. But uh, boy, had quite the shiner. Uh, on Saturday night, didn't
2: he, yeah, and then he ended up needing six stitches, so they put a, it was a big gash over his eye, you know that eyebrow really splits open when he gets hit and um so he wasn't in a lot of pain, he didn't have a headache or anything, but uh, it was a pretty good uh, size bump, and you know him and I watched film together yesterday, and he just Friday night he had a great game Saturday night he really had a, um some opportunities it was just kind of unlucky, like there's just a terrible travel call all on him and then you know a couple of finish opportunities, and then you know he just didn't get the same amount of touches he normally does, and it was kind of bad luck early. And then you know things just didn't go his way on Saturday. But he's tough, and he'll respond. And uh, we're looking forward to this weekend. I had a great practice yesterday.
0: Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us as the Maverick men get ready to head on the road. Go over to Colorado School of Mines on Friday night, then Metro State on Saturday, and. We go back to uh, when you opened up the season, Mike, uh, with with losses to both of those teams. Those are your first two teams you faced in conference play. You, you lost at home to Mines seventy four to sixty two, and then Metro State eighty four to seventy eight. Let's start out with the the School of Mines as uh, the the Ore Diggers. They uh, continue to be near the top of the conference standings, twenty and three overall, fourteen and three on the season for the School of Mines. What needs to happen differently this time? Than as opposed to the last time, because they, your team certainly their team's different, but your team is a much different basketball team than the one that uh, that faced them just you know early on to open up uh, the the RMAC schedule.
2: Yeah, we we've gotten to you know, one of the things that has happened is that whenever you lose guys into that next season and so far, losing Georgie Dancer and Joe Small, you never know exactly how it's gonna impact you until you face adversity. And that weekend was a weekend where we're like, okay, we just don't communicate without them on the floor when we have problems. And guys really did look for those guys in key moments as well. So, you know, as I alluded to before, now we're communicating defensively and we can really rely on our defense uh, at the toughest times. And then Blaze has really stepped up as that offensive threat uh, that we know we, we have in our back pocket uh, that we can go to just to kind of be reassuring and get us those key buckets uh, when you need them, when you're struggling, and and that's really been the primary difference. Now there are all kinds of little differences. Our spacing on offense, our ball movement, uh, has just been way better. We're taking way better care of the ball. So you know, and then people like Isaac are just way more confident now than they than they were at that stretch of the season. So you know, um, we're a totally different team. But you know, they absolutely took us apart. We were down 26 or something, and then we finished the game I think on a 14-0 run uh, with our backups with both teams' backups in. So you know, it'll be a big challenge for us to to go and play it against a very talented, you know, long team, and their plan is just to swarm Blaze whenever he gets any kind of advantage and with all these huge bodies, and it just is very challenging. And so, you know, to be able to maintain poise on the uh, on the defensive end, or the offensive end, and then the defensive end, they're just really big and physical, and, and uh, you know, so that's a challenge for us as well. So it'll be a great challenge, but we're excited about it. Last year, uh, you know, we were able to uh, win every game after we lost to that team the previous time uh, all year. And, you know, three of our last six are against teams we've lost to this year. So we're excited about that challenge, and that'll keep us sharp and fresh uh, heading into the postseason.
0: And the last time that you met them, they uh, they shot 85% from the foul line, had a good night there. Uh, Sam Beskind had 17, Adam Thistlewood, the CSU transfer, he had 17 points and, and seven rebounds, and so they were really the, the keys to, to getting the victory in that game.
2: Yeah, you know, and they were new, and we didn't know, we knew they were really good players, and obviously we had some film on them, but we, honestly, we made some mistakes in terms of our matchups, That uh, I, it, it was a it was a mistake on my part, and so we'll get that fixed, and I think they're both really good players. But, you know, uh, Brennan Sullivan is, you know, it was former player of the year in the league, and he had over 30 on Saturday. I mean, he's just an elite talent that you got to account for. And then Ben Boone didn't play against us the first time. He's an all-conference-level player, uh, and he's back and playing for him. And then they got some young guys that have really stepped up uh, off their bench that have really have provided boost for them, and, and different, different guys in different games. So they got depth, they got size, they got skill. Uh, they're incredibly well-coached, so it'll be a great challenge for us.
0: When you've watched a uh, tape of them, are you seeing anything different in terms of what they, they did when you played them to start at conference play, as opposed to what they're doing now? Maybe some different presses, different sets that they're running right now?
2: Yeah, they have changed, and they uh, they lost to Fort Lewis at home, and Fort Lewis has a 4 guard lineup, um, and uh, they struggled a little bit with guarding that quickness, and so this past weekend, they kind of, I, I don't know if I call it a small ball lineup, but I don't know what else to refer to it, but they... They play with four guards, and then they move Thistle into the five. Um, And uh, so that was a little different lineup for them. And, and, you know, they were really uh, efficient offensively with that group on the floor. Uh, But, you know, it changes their defense a little bit. And the numbers haven't been great uh, these last couple of weeks defensively. They've had a hard time guarding people, which is unusual for them. And their numbers overall in the year are still fantastic. But the last, you know, five games, uh, they really uh, haven't been – as strong as they have been all year. But I uh, you know, prior I'll get all that fixed and ready for us.
0: Yeah, Pryor Orser does a nice job with that program. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick Men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And then it's Metro State on Saturday. They're six and ten uh in conference play. They're nine and thirteen and you know, the revenge tour continues because you lost in that second game of conference play to them over at Brownson, uh, 84-78. to And when you look at uh, Tyree Randall, he's been their leading scorer on the season, about 15 points per game. He had 13 the last time out against uh, your basketball team, Mike. It's a Metro State team that, uh, like I said, got that, that win against you early on. But they've kind of cooled off as conference play has uh, continued.
2: Yeah, it was a rough night for us. It's just, you know, we, we came off the Mines loss, and we were not right mentally, and uh, we were 100% focused on fixing our offensive problems from uh, the night before against Mines. And then we just didn't. we got they, They're very good offensively. They run very good kind of Princeton concepts and, uh, and and ball screen continuity, and they kind of flow back and forth between that. And some of it was confusing to our guys, and they ran it with great pace. And we just had some significant breakdowns defensively in that game, but that, again, that was one of those games that was like sort of the key of like shaking us to the point where like okay, like how are we going to fix this thing? And and um, you know, so it'll be an opportunity for us to go back and and uh, and show that uh, we've improved and and that we're a better team than we were at that point of the season. But you know, uh, they are very talented offensively and they're very capable. You know, Fort Lewis won two weeks ago on Friday night at Mines and then went over. And we're very lucky to escape at Metro. Metro missed some free throws or they would have won the game. And so, you know, we'll have to be ready for both games. And uh, it's a big weekend for us.
0: Yeah, when you talk about your team defensively, second best uh, defense in the conference behind Black Hill State, 64.7 points per game. I mean, like you said, I mean, early on there were some defensive issues, maybe you know, communication issues that need to be addressed. But, boy, your team has really responded since then to be one of the best defensive teams in the RMAC.
3: Yeah, we're,
2: I'm just really proud of the guys. You know, obviously there's a lot of the season left here, but just when you go back and watch those games from the first time, now you know it's just like, oh, well, we're we're a different team. And and you, as you make slow incremental improvements, sometimes you don't recognize how much you've grown uh, as when you go back and watch a game from December. So you know we are proud of them, and they've really uh, answered the bell to to the issues we had. And and we're excited to go out and see see if we can get it done on Friday and Saturday night this weekend.
0: All right, we'll have coverage. Ethan Jordan will be heading over to the front range, uh, bringing you the Colorado School of Mines matchups with the Maverick men and women. The men will tip it off at 7.30 on Friday night, and then 6 o'clock uh, against Metro State on Saturday on the team CMU Sports Network, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. Mike, once again, I'm thrilled for you. Congratulations on 300 wins. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Blaze Three on the program tomorrow, but uh, best of luck this weekend over in the front range.
2: All right, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.
0: All right, take care. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, joining us on the program today. We'll talk with Taylor Wagner. Maverick women taking a six-point loss to Regis on Friday night mm-hmm. and then um, had the the wild finish against UCCS in the Blizzard and Brownson on Saturday night.
3: With just one of the dumbest technical fouls I've seen. Not going to disagree with that. Yeah. On Olivia Reed. It's like... At some point, you just you kind of have to let them play and sort it out themselves, right? Exactly. There was no physical confrontation. There were no words said. Just a little strut, that's all, and come on now. Anyway, I was delving into uh, the Notorious MDG's bio while you guys were chatting. Started coaching 2000-2001. That was his first season, right? And he got to 300 wins. He got to CMU with 195 wins in 2018 that's a shade under 11 wins per season and in the last 5 seasons he's won 105 games and this season's not even over yet his average at CMU is 21 game, 21 wins per season pretty darn good he's, they've got 6 games and the RMAC tournament to get 3 more wins to reach the average his worst season was 21-10 or, sorry, 19-10, yeah. his first season.
0: Yeah, when he came in to replace Andy Schantz. I mean, Andy was a good basketball coach, good guy.
3: But they but struggled Mike, for some years.
0: But Mike turned this thing around in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. And it was getting players like like Georgie Dancer, you know, some of those Half Moon Bay guys. Yeah. They, they, they came in here and transferred.
3: Four guys from that same college yeah. transferred
0: and they they gave a much needed talent infusion mm-hmm. into the Maverick basketball team, and it's just Mike's done a great job recruiting the state. Uh, obviously, Trevor Baskin, Reese yeah. Johnson, just to name a couple of guys. Blaze Three, what an incredible signing Blaze Three has mm-hmm. been, and just you know how this team has gotten better and better and better as as time's gone on. And I remember a guy like Connor Nichols who. Was a holdover from the Andy Sean era. Mm-hmm. How Connor got to give a guy like Connor Nichols credit because coaching change. He was committed to to making it, to making it work with Mike DeGeorge as the coach.
3: Yeah, and there's another another player that to me I think you know Georgie Dancer and Blaze Three and Trevor Baskin. These guys are great basketball players and they're starters and they score a lot of points. There's another guy on this team that I think kind of. Drives home the type of coach that Mike DeGeorge is for his players. And that's Christopher Speller. Yeah. Came in, played a lot, then. Highly regarded. Highly regarded, then lost his eligibility, right? He had to leave the team for a little bit, but he was able to work his way back eligible, work his way back into the team, and he's starting to get even more and more minutes with that yeah. second unit. It's something that to where. You know, as long as you put in the effort, you're going to have your chances, right? It's not like a, all right, you're 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 starting to lose it, and I'm now going to go at arm's length just to be safe. And you're, I'm, I'm done with you. Yeah. This is not working out. No, they, they got him back eligible. Now he's back, you know, contributing for this team. He got into double, double figures on Saturday.
0: Yeah. And he had a couple back-to-back good games off mm-hmm. the bench for the Mavericks, which... So Mike talks about they need that depth going forward. Yeah, as they get ready for the RMAC tournament
3: and that Metro game the first time around, that was a what do we do now? Like we're things are starting to kind of slip. What do we do? And then they ended up losing. They were up by eight with like eleven minutes left, eight or nine. They just weren't able to seal the deal. Now they're starting to finish those games off.
0: Absolutely. All right, coming up, we'll talk with CMU women's coach. Taylor Wagner, the uh, Maverick women, with a weekend split. They're in the last spot right now. If the RMAC tournament started today, they would be in. We'll talk with him coming up about the matchups with Colorado School of Mines and Metro State. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.
1: Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader. Whoever's suggested the dot has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. Oh. The Team. Huh? Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team.
0: Maverick women coming off the weekend split. The loss to Regis, but the win against UCCS at the uh, Blizzard in Brownson from Saturday night. Taylor Wagner joins us. Taylor, how are you?
4: Good. How you doing?
0: Doing fine. I know that uh, you felt like, boy, there was missed opportunities against Regis to snap that 11-game, uh, now unfortunately 12-game winning streak for the Rangers just unable I think at one point you were up 55 51 in that game and just could not find a way to to finish off Regis Friday night
4: yeah you know we had our opportunities uh, you know we had about four or five missed shots at the end that you know would kind of keep our lead going and we just we couldn't we couldn't buy a bucket there in the end and and uh, and then we didn't come up with stops either so it, it kind of it was bad on both ends of the floor there in the last couple minutes
0: what a great game for Monica Brooks, though. Career-high 25 points. She had three threes. She really delivered offensively for you in that game.
4: She did. You know, um, a, a night where, you know, a lot of other people struggled. She stepped up really big and, and uh, had a phenomenal game. And, and that's what you expect, too, from a senior. Uh, there's just a few weeks left of the regular season, and, and we need a little bit more of that from her, just kind of. Say hey, when, when it gets tough, I can I can go
0: get us a bucket. Well, she definitely had a lot of confidence offensively this weekend. Monica had eighteen points and uh, hit three threes in the win against UCCS on uh, Saturday, sixty four to sixty two. Take us through the final few minutes, and I, like you don't have to comment on officiating. I, I don't want to get you into trouble because there there were some moments there that yeah, uh, we're not we're not uh, great uh, in terms of officiating in that game. But just the, your team showing the resilience to to find a way to win that game. You went to by a bucket. Kylie Kravig was was great uh, from the foul line, uh, particularly down the stretch. It was nine of ten from the charity stripe. You've talked about lo- your team learning how to win close basketball games. That was case in point on Saturday night.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, when there were so many emotions there in the last two minutes. You know, you thought you had it, and we didn't have it, and uh, a lot of a lot of plays that I think both coaches were shaking their head of, you know what's going on. and so um, but they they held on and we made enough plays and and really enough free throws at the end to to secure that win against UCCS.
0: Yeah, Kylie with uh, eighteen points, uh, Olivia Reed, sixteen points mentioned Monica Brooks with the with the eighteen points. and uh, those three players combined for fifty two points in the win. And where Friday night, outside of Monica Brooks, nobody really stepped up. Lots of contributions in that game on Saturday night.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, Olivia was in foul trouble against Regis. And, I, uh, you know, I think she was kind of disappointed in that game. And as she, I could tell she was going to have a good game against UCCS. She, you know, she was a little bit more focused. And, and you can put the 16 rebounds, 8 on the offensive glass, I mean, she was just an animal for us, cleaning up the boards and, and then scoring as well. So, you know, and I, I really like, you know, you have her and Kylie and Monica. They all had great games. And that's what we need. That's how you, that's how you need to beat good teams. And, and uh, you know, and that's what the great teams do. They're, there's not just one scorer all the time. You know, you got three or four that are really contributing on a night-to-night basis.
0: I know the the hope the plan was to slow down Mason White. She had 19 points, 12 rebounds. So she, I mean, she still was productive, and they had three other players are in double figures. But uh, talk about your team defensively, because you know down the stretch they had to make some plays, and they were able to get that uh, get it done against the Mountain Lions.
4: They were, you know, and I think there were two or three times in the game where we had double digit lead, and and we just couldn't close it out. You know, we couldn't go from 10 to 20 we let them right back in the game and uh, you know a couple of the girls hit on their team hit big shots i know uh number 13 hit a couple threes uh, and uh but mason white you know that was one thing that we were obviously aware of that what she did and, and a lot of her points came from the perimeter you know eight nine ten footers and instead of right on the block and um, she's just an animal down there. She's strong, physical, really athletic, and uh, it, it's crazy. You watch film, and even in our thing, they just throw it up, and she goes get it. The, the, and there's three people around her, and she'll catch it, and, and she's able to finish with uh, people hanging all over. So she's a good player for sure.
0: how About that crowd on Saturday, it was pretty wild. I mean, it, it was
4: unbelievable. Yeah, I mean we. The, the support has been really good. You go to the Western game, and I know the Regis game. There was a lot of high school games going on, and so you miss some of those. Uh, the people that normally come that were maybe at, at the high school that that crowd Saturday was unbelievable. That's what's special about you know Colorado Mesa's. You you don't find that anywhere else in the RMAC and and really a, probably a lot of in, in Division Two. And so the support we get is is really huge.
0: Taylor Wagner, coach of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team with us on the team sports network. If the RMAC tournament started today, you'd be in, you're in the eighth spot right now, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And it continues uh, on this weekend. We go to the front range, you got the Colorado School of Mines, Oar diggers uh, coming up on Friday and then Metro State on Saturday. Let's start out with the, the diggers uh, right now, the the number one team in the conference, uh, they come in with a 15 and two record, 19 and three and they have some talent on this team, as you well know from uh, when you faced them earlier in the season and lost. Megan uh, their big center, the RMAC offensive player of the week, Taylor, and uh, it's the first one she's ever earned in her career. She averaged 24 points per game and the wins at Black Hills State and South Dakota Mines. Megan Vandegraff uh, coming off a really good weekend just in time to face your Maverick basketball team.
4: Yeah, I mean, they just don't make a lot of mistakes, they're solid at every position. Obviously, Megan's playing really well, and uh, you know they can just hurt you in a lot of different ways. And watching film of our previous game, you know you you can't make a lot of mistakes. And we hurt ourselves in about five or six plays where you know we just kind of gave it to them. And, and uh, again, like I said, they just they're the, a veteran team, and they know how to win, and they know how to compete, and it's just every play they come at you.
0: They had four players in double figures the last time that you faced them, and uh, they did a nice job on the board. So they really they really dominate on the boards 42 to 27 uh, in terms of rebounds, and that 67 to 55 one against you. And obviously, getting on the glass, being better on that end of the floor, being better in that department, I should say, Taylor is going to be uh, crucial coming up on Friday.
4: That is, that's the key to the game, you know, and, and they it's not just one or two girls. They their guards are really good at rebounding as well and and they just play so hard physical and and that's where I really feel like the difference in the game's gonna be is we can't we can't give them fifteen more rebounds than than we did like we did the first time. Uh, we've gotta be really solid there and uh again not put them at the free throw line. And uh, you know, I think that'll give us a, give us a chance on the road. If we could do those two things.
0: So it's the number one team in the conference, Colorado School of Mines, on Friday night, and then on Saturday you take on Metro State. They're currently six in the conference right now, ten and six uh, in conference play, twelve and ten overall. And when you faced them the last time, unfortunately, uh, took the loss uh, to the Roadrunners in a close one, fifty four to fifty two. But uh, Kendra Parr for them, leading score in the conference right now. Uh, she's playing really well. They've won five straight, and so they're on a bit of a, a run right now.
4: They are. They're playing well, and then beating some good teams in that run as, as well. So I think they're they're kind of coming together, and uh, you know, they they play really good defense. I know when they play us, they're really physical with us. And so we've just got to make sure that we're ready to go, and uh, you know the. The first time we played them, they won on a last-second three-point shot. And uh, so hopefully our girls are, you know, that's a game we got to win as, as well. And so, you know, with six games remaining, we there's not too many more mulligans that we can have. We've really got to take care of business and, and go on the road and hopefully steal a couple.
0: Taylor Wagner, coach of the Cumberland Mesa Women's Basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And with the six games left in the regular season. I mean, what what is the message? I mean, obviously, you control your own destiny. That's probably the the biggest message you can deliver your team.
4: There is. You know, I mean, there's a three-way tie right now for seventh and eighth place. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll play Pueblo in in the next week, so we'll be able to go head-to-head with them. But, you know, Metro's right there. And so, you know, like I said, we there's not too many games you can lose because we're all right there and looking at each other's schedules and who has the hardest schedule and who's on the road and all that type of stuff. Um, we control our own destiny. And uh, I, I think that's, we've just got to go out and compete. And, uh, you know, my, I don't want to say, okay, hopefully these teams lose all the time and, and that gets us in. I want to go in and, you know, really compete and go earn it, go earn the right to be in the postseason, and see what you can do. I mean, you know, in March anything can happen, and uh, I think watching our team and seeing their growth and everything, we have what it takes, we've just got to continue to learn and grow, and, but who knows, you know, in three, four weeks where this team can be. I mean, you look back one or, you know, one, two months ago where we were, we've come a long way, and so hopefully we, we're still growing and, and excited to play, and and, uh, you know, can go and beat some basketball teams.
0: Well, and the nice thing is after this road trip, three straight at home, then a short trip to Western, that it, it does set up nicely for your basketball team to have a chance at a strong finish.
4: It does, you know, and um, I really feel like we, this, this weekend's really important. So, you know, you don't want to go and drop both of them. And, uh, but then we've got three games at home, and hopefully we get that same support that we've had the last couple games because i mean it is a special place we had a recruit uh a couple uh on the weekend and they i mean she couldn't believe the crowd that was here and and uh, you know for the women's game and it's just that's probably one of the most special things about cmu that i really like is the support we get from the community makes it an awesome place to play
0: well, good luck on the road this weekend. Ethan Jordan will be over to, to bring you the games on Friday and Saturday, women's pregame on Friday at uh, Golden Colorado School of Mines at 515. They'll tip it at 530 with the men's game to follow. Then Saturday, earlier start time, it's a 330 tip, 315 pregame with the men's game to follow from an Auraria Events Center over at uh, Metro State. Taylor, appreciate it. Thank you so much, and good luck this weekend. You bet. Thanks. All right, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team joining us today on the Team Sports Network. All right, 9.36, we'll talk some Maverick baseball with Chris Hanks coming up in just a few minutes as they open the season Thursday. And we'll have the game right here on the Team CMU Sports Network when they face the Azusa Pacific over at the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex. Our pregame at 12.45 for that coming up on Thursday. So uh, Chris Hanks to join us in just a few minutes. Thoughts about Sean Payton becoming the uh, Broncos' new head coach. Text or call us, 970 970- 242 1340. We'd love to get uh, your thoughts on the hiring of Sean Payton and what you heard yesterday from Sean Payton. All right, it's 9 36 and it's time for.
1: That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history.
0: Go back to 1882. John L. Sullivan wins the world heavyweight bare knuckles title by beating Patty Ryan in a nine round bout. In a nine round bout, I should say, in Mississippi City, Mississippi. 1949. Joe DiMaggio signs his contract to the New York Yankees, making him the first baseball player to earn $100,000 per year. Also, 1970. Pete Maravich scores 69 points, 47 in the second half to set an NCAA record, but LSU still loses to Alabama 106-104. Also, uh, 1995, Joe Mullen becomes the first American-born player to reach 1,000 points in the NHL when he assists on two of the Pittsburgh Penguins' first three goals in a 7-3 to victory over Florida. And 2000, with an astonishing comeback to win the Pebble Beach National Pro-Am, Tiger Woods wins his sixth straight PGA Tour event. Seven strokes behind with seven holes to play. Woods holes a 97-yard wedge for an eagle on the 15th and birdies two of the last three holes to win. Woods becomes a first player since Ben Hogan in 1948 to win six straight and 2010. Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints rally to beat Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts 31-17 to win the Super Bowl. Is that a good omen or what? Right? Yeah, it should be. I think it's good omen. Feels good. All right, 9.38. We'll take a break. We'll come back and have more on Mav Day with uh, Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick baseball team. That's next on the Team Sports Network.
3: I'm a big sports addict. I like
1: sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction, 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking CMU baseball with Mav skipper Chris Hanks on the Team.
0: CMU baseball team opens up the season Thursday at home against Azusa Pacific with us right now, the head coach of the Mavericks, Chris Hanks. Chris, how are you doing today?
5: I'm good, thank you.
0: Let's hope this weather stays right. It's uh, maybe that little light snow flurry we had yesterday. We can kind of live with that for just a little bit, but uh, the weather looking really good this week for you guys to open up the season.
5: Looking pretty good so far. You know, those weathermen, though, I wish I could be as accurate as them. <laughs>
0: Are you saying that we can't trust what our local meteorologists tell us?
5: I don't think it has anything to do with local meteorologists. Just I in think, general, uh, in general, it's a very tough
0: profession. <laughs> You're about as good. Open up the window, lick your finger, stick it out, and go. Okay, breeze is blowing this way. Okay, we're not going to have snow today. It's probably about as accurate sometimes. But uh, I, I know your your team has been itching to get on the field. Uh, you have the leadoff dinner, of course, coming up on uh, Thursday night as well after uh, the game against Azusa Pacific. So this is really a, a busy, exciting week for the Maverick baseball team.
5: Yeah, busy for sure. You know, uh, a lot going on. Uh, you know, when you open up, you know, all the details, and then we throw in the leadoff dinner, which is a great event. Um, it's a busy week.
0: Your team uh, ranked 15th, uh, in, of course, in the, the national poll Pick to win the RMAC once again and familiar position for your baseball team, Chris, to uh to repeat as Armac champions.
5: Yeah, still got that target. Uh, you know, we we relish that and um you know, obviously all those preseason polls and different things don't really mean anything. I think most people know that. But uh, you know, it uh it gives us something to shoot for and and uh, we certainly are gonna, you know, try to live up to all that.
0: Chris Hanks, coach of the Cutler Mesa Mavericks baseball team with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, when we look at the pitching staff, of course, Cannon Handy back from, from last season for your ball club we went nine and went 9-1 and last year when you guys got to the, the regional uh, final. And um, as far as your pitching staff, as far as the rotation, how that looks, give us the lay of the land of what that looks like for you and Steve Rogers.
5: Well, we're going to... Uh... Uh, you know, we're going to start off with our lefty cannon handy, and we'll – Jerry Deary, who we have back, who we, had, who we had lost last year to Tommy John surgery, he's back and ready to go uh, in game two. And then Cole Seward, the sophomore, will uh, throw game three. And uh, Jacob Rhodes, a kid who's been in our program and who has really developed, uh, will start game four. We have some other guys that – you know, we had I think we had uh, five to seven guys to choose from, and some of the other kids will – uh, then be backing those starters up, and and then we'll get a chance here to see what we got.
0: How does it look behind the dish? Of course, you lose an all-RMAC guy in Spencer Bramwell. Uh, how does it look in terms of the guys handling your pitching staff?
5: Well, I think we got some good young catchers, you know. Um, we picked up a young man named Declan Wiesner. He was the catcher for Walter State here at the Junior College World Series last uh, spring. Uh, and uh, Max Valdez, who was a freshman for us last year, didn't didn't play a whole lot. Um, but Max is really a, a, a good hitter and a kid that we think can maybe fill kind of some of the void of the loss of, you know, Bramwell, McGeary, Farmer. Uh, and so those two, uh, right out of the gates, uh, would be the primary guys we would look to catch this weekend.
0: Mavericks head baseball coach Chris Hanks with us on the Team Sports Network. You don't lose a bigger name than Hayden McGeary, National Player of the Year, the All American who just had a, a, an incredible run uh, in a Maverick uniform. He was Caleb Farmer to graduation, who, uh, of course, has moved on to play professional baseball. Mentioned Spencer Bramwell ha- has graduated as well. Uh, always love the work of Jordan Stubbings as well at, at the plate and also out in the field. But you have talent coming back, a guy like Harrison Rodgers, who also does a fine job with Maverick PA during basketball games, by the way. Very, very professional, does a nice job with that. Uh, But uh, Conrad Conrad Villaforte returns for you as well. So while you lose some big, big names, you got some good players coming back uh, positionally, Chris.
5: We do. And, you know, uh, truth be told, we have some some real good players that backed up those kids that we lost last year. They, they're backups. We probably didn't claim enough. They probably deserved to play more. Well, now it's their chance. So I know they're chomping at the bit, uh, Stevenson Reynolds at uh, first base and uh, uh, you know, Jonathan Gonzalez uh, second and Ethan Ezor will probably start off at third base. Uh, you know, so we have some kids like that, Robert Schirar, uh, you know, that have been in our program and know our ways and, uh, were great teammates uh, last year behind some really good players, uh, but as I mentioned earlier, now it's their turn.
0: Well, now it's Azusa Pacific. Uh, they are the number twenty-three team in the nation uh, coming in. Uh, they're off to a two-and-two two star right now. Uh, they split with Cal State Monterey Bay. Uh, actually, they won two out of three. Excuse me against Cal State Monterey Bay. And then uh, lost one. They, they, actually, they split the four game series. Pardon me. They picked up a couple of wins, uh, surrounded by a couple of losses uh, to Cal State Monterey Bay. They have Cal State Dominguez Hills to wrap things up before they face you coming up on Thursday. So uh, I, I know that uh, from an offensive standpoint, uh, they have a their player of the week uh, in their conference, Casey O'Laughlin, the Pac West Player of the Week. Uh, good week for him offensively. He had five home runs. Uh, in that series against, uh, pardon me, number twenty-five, Cal State Monterey Bay. So Olaflin off to a good start for them offensively, and it's a team like your team that got to the regional final and in, in their region last year.
5: Yeah, they lost in the super regional just like we did. They, <clears throat> unlike us, they returned seven of their starting uh, position guys, and they two two starting pitchers. They have a good club, um, and. uh you know We have some familiarity with them, as I, as I mentioned, because so those kids return. We did see them last year. They're very offensive. Uh, they have good arms. Uh, it'll be a real stiff test for us right out of the gate, for sure.
0: When you look at uh, their pitching lineup, uh, what you've had the chance to watch, I'm sure, on, on film, what, what's your takeaway, what you're going to see from Azusa Pacific and the arms that they have?
5: Well, they got some power arms, uh, and they have some good, uh, crafty lefties. Uh, they'll try to mix and match. You know, they'll follow a, a soft, softer type lefty after one of their right-handed power arms, and um, and, and they're like a lot of teams early, you know, like we will be. We'll, we'll pitch a lot of people as it's early in the year, and uh, pitch counts haven't been uh, driven up yet in terms of arm health and arm shape. Everybody's trying to protect their pitching a little bit early you know it'll be a test for them too i don't think i can't remember the last time i have uh, seen that they had left the state of california to play uh and we actually swung this two-year deal we opened up there last year we uh the previous coach uh and i had set the two-year deal and there was a while there where i thought uh, their new coach was going to bail out of the contract but uh he held strong so uh you know they'll we'll bring him out uh A little cooler weather. I know they've been playing in the mid seventies pretty much since they started their year and their practice, and we'll we'll cool them off down to the mid (laughs) forties.
0: All right, I like that. Put them in the cooler a little bit. Coming out here to Western Colorado, and uh, the season starts on Thursday over at the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. We'll have uh, coverage of the Thursday game pregame at twelve forty-five, one o'clock first pitch. Number fifteen Colorado Mesa against number twenty-five Azusa Pacific. Right here on the team. CMU Sports Network brought to you by Ken Richards, State Farm Insurance. Always appreciate it, Chris. See you on Thursday. Appreciate it, guys. Bye-bye. All right. There's Chris Hanks, Coach of the Maverick baseball team. All right. Uh, 950. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Just a quick reminder, by the way, that uh tonight we'll have uh Fruto Monument hosting Montrose and Southwestern League basketball action. I'll be out at Fruita for that one tonight. And it's also the uh, Fruit of Monument uh, hall, of, uh, hall of Fame. They'll induct uh, seven members in tonight uh, to the hall for this year. And uh, during halftime, uh, both the, the girls' and the boys' games. Bring a little snippet of uh, some of the folks that uh, will be going into the Hall of Fame. But uh, we'll have that. And then when uh, we've wrapped up basketball at of Fruit of Monument, we'll take you to Ball Arena where the uh, Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic and company take on Minnesota. We'll join that in progress tonight following our coverage of high school basketball on the team. Sports Network, as always, presented by Ken Richards, State Farm Insurance. Okay, getting toward the end of the show this morning. Time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time.
1: We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team.
3: Oh, I love trash.
0: All right, Buckeye, do you have anything you want to uh, offer Uh, up?
3: I do. Sarah Michelle Geller. Was uh, Buffy the
0: Vampire Slayer. Buffy
3: the Vampire Slayer, yes. She was also in a Burger King commercial at five years old. I don't know if very many people know that. I did not know that. I did either. And this is what I was doing when you're talking to coaches. I'm looking at this sort of thing. She found herself in the middle of the fast food war in the 80s because she did a campaign for Burger King. She was the first person to say a competitor's name in a burger commercial. Really? She said McDonald's. And that got her sued at five by McDonald's. And also, during the lawsuit, she really wasn't allowed to go to McDonald's. And so she's five, six, seven years old. Where do five, six, seven-year-old kids in the 80s have their birthday parties? McDonald's. McDonald's. She says Uh. she misses out on so many Apple pies. Well, she can go there now, right? She can I mean, buy a McDonald's now She, she, she could to. probably buy a couple of and franchises. And her husband is trying to start his own independent wrestling company, which is neither here okay. nor there. I just found that interesting.
0: And only was she Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was Daphne in the Scooby-Doo movies.
3: That's true, with her yeah. now husband, Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. Exactly. There you go. Tied it all together. What's uh, what
0: was the Freddie Prinze Jr. baseball movie? Was it uh, Summer Catch? It was a Summer Catch. Yes, he With was the, in the guy who catch. played
3: Shaggy, right? Yeah, that's right. Matthew something or other. Oh, um, gosh. All right, we're looking. <laughs> Google, don't don't fail me now. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, oh, Matthew Lillard.
0: Matthew who was also in um, Scream.
3: I, I he take was in, your work he for was it.
0: in the screen that's right you don't uh, the late Brittanney Britney
3: Murphy was also in that movie as was Brian Dennehy, for some reason I just felt the need <laughs> sure to. Well, he had to be the co-
0: he had to be was the manager right yep. he had to be the manager or the grizzled
3: old Scout
0: or something like that uh,
3: I think he was maybe a dad
0: or is he always oh, he oh he was he was a dad he wasn't a scout or a so. manager I'm surprised
3: uh, oh no he was the coach you're right okay my bad that's that's right I, John C McGinley was in that Wilmer Valderrama.
0: John C. McGinley, who was brilliant in Scrubs, by the way. And, uh, let's see, Bill Lawrence, who we're definitely going garbage time mm-hmm. here, that uh, did Ted Lasso and Scrubs. Mm-hmm. There's a show on Apple TV called Shrinking with Jason Segel okay. and Harrison Ford. And, was it, I think it's Krista Miller that was in, she was in Scrubs. She played John C. McGinley's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she was also in Drew Carey. Oh, but she is like nice. the neighbor to Jason Siegel, whose wife dies in a car accident. Yeah. And he's a therapist, and he's kind of losing it. And Harrison Ford is his boss at the uh, the clinic where he works.
3: Jason Gedrick was also in Summer Catch of Iron uh, Eagle fame. Of course. John C. McGinley was one of the bobs in Office Space. Why'd you just, why just, why just go by
0: Mike Bolton? Right.
3: No way. Oh, I had it first. <laughs> I had it first. So you've been missing a lot of work. Wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob.
1: What's happening?
0: Gary Cole, to me, was still one of the best parts of that movie. Oh, yeah. Lumberg. Because everybody's had a Lundberg. Hey, Peter. Boss. What's happening? What's happening? Hey.
3: Uh, I need you to come by What you, you, What are you doing this Saturday? weekend? That'd be great. Uh, Diedrich Bader, also Drew Carey's show, was the neighbor in that movie. Love that. That's true. Yeah. Hey man, you want to come over? No thanks, pal. Uh, he Don't was also my life
0: too. the karate guy in uh, Napoleon Dynamite.
3: Rex Quandos. He's yeah. Rex
0: Kwando? I think we're we're done here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we have a this? lot
3: of useless knowledge.
0: Yes, we do. And tune in tomorrow for more of it. For more of it, yeah. Starting at seven o'clock tomorrow. CSU voice Brian Roth will join us. Talk about the incident over at uh, Movie Arena this last weekend. That and uh, Connor McGay, he makes his return tomorrow as well on the program. Thanks for joining us. Jim Rome's next.